Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. And this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, my friend, are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Today, we are going to be talking about guarding this heart based on what Christ Jesus has done for us. Those who have called on his name to be saved, we must guard our heart. The book of Proverbs tell us in 4.23, it says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life amen the king james says keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life because to keep something in this sense means more than simply to maintain ownership. It refers to maintenance, care, support. Some translations use the word guard. A wise person realizes that temptation is real and takes appropriate precaution. This parallels statements made earlier where Solomon advises his son to actively avoid evil and those who practice it. We see this in Proverbs 4, 14 to 15. So, scripture places a strong emphasis on the heart as the source of good or evil. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. 
our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ announced the good person out of the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks and we see this in Luke 4 and Luke 6 verse 45 amen and so today it is all about guarding this heart taking precaution against sin not making provisions for this flesh child of God you must realize and get this down in your spirit like cement you have been delivered from the bondage of sin do you understand that you were in bondage we all were in bondage to what sin so i want to talk about how we have in fact been delivered from sin's penalty we are going to be looking at romans 6 23 john 3 16 to 18 and first corinthians 15 1 through 4 because folks time is of the essence christ jesus is on his way back and for those who have not repented and come to christ i highly advise you to put away your sin come to christ and allow his shed blood on the cross cleanse you from all unrighteousness so before we get started let us pray father in the name of christ jesus we love you we want you to be our king our god we lift up holy hands today and we give you honor we give you adoration we give you our worship of obedience father may i share your word with the people the results of justification because if we look in romans chapter 5 it says because father sometimes when we hear the gospel we we may not hear it in its full entirety only because sad to say that there are men and women unfortunately in the pulpit watering down this gospel and so we have true sincere believers in christ who do not have a full understanding of what exactly christ has so wonderfully done for us there are many false teachings about the gospel 
there are many false doctrines running rampant, Father. For the most part, people assimilate the resurrection around the pagan festival of Easter. And so chocolate bunnies get thrown into the mix. You got bunny rabbits and Easter eggs and which has nothing to do with Christ and his gospel at all. And so when people remain in sin after coming to Christ, they do not understand. Like I fully didn't understand that sin no longer is our master. We don't have to be led astray by sin, no matter what that sin is. So, Father, I pray that today's lesson will open up our eyes to the fact that we have been delivered from sin's penalty. And so, we are going to be looking at today, Father, what is the penalty of sin and and how it was necessary for you to send Jesus Christ to this world to die for our sins. So, Father, over here in Romans chapter 5, therefore, since we have been justified that is acquitted of sin, declared blameless before God by faith. Let us grasp the fact that we have peace with God and the joy of reconciliation with him through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. People, today, I want you to truly listen and understand. Once you have repented of your sins and now you are in Christ, your position with the Father has now changed. You are no longer a sinner on your way to a burning hell as you await final judgment, but now you have peace with God. You have been reconciled. You have been restored. And this is all through Christ Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. So getting back to Romans 5, we have peace with God and the and the joy of reconciliation. Glory be to God with him through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed. Through him, we also have access by faith into this remarkable state of grace in which we listen 
we firmly and safely and securely stand. Let us rejoice in our hope and the confident assurance of experiencing and enjoying the glory of our great God, the manifestation of his excellence and power. And not only this, verse 3, but with joy let us exult in our sufferings and rejoice in our hardships. Why? Knowing that hardship, which is distress, pressure, trouble, well, produces patient endurance and endurance proving character, which is spiritual maturity and proving character, hope and confident assurance of what? Eternal salvation. Such hope in God's promises never disappoint us because God's love has been, listen, abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Amen. Listen, verse 6. While we were still helpless, powerless to provide for our salvation at the right time, Christ died as a substitute for the ungodly. Now it is an extraordinary thing for one to willingly give his life even for an upright man, though perhaps for a good man, one who is noble and selfless and worthy, someone might even dare to die. But God clearly shows and proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. So, folks, verse 9, therefore, since we have now been justified, and what is justified? Well, being declared free of the guilt of sin. You, you are no longer a guilty, condemned sinner. Mm-mm. Nope. We... No, therefore, we have been, we have now been declared justified by his blood. How much more certain is, is it that we will be saved from the wrath of God through him? For if while, listen, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. It is much more certain, having been reconciled, that we will be saved from the consequences of sin by his life. That is, we will be saved because Christ lives today. Amen. Not only that, but we also rejoice in God. Rejoicing in his love and perfection through our Lord Jesus Christ, through 
whom we have now received and enjoy our reconciliation with God. Verse 12, therefore, okay, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all people, no one being able to stop it or escape its power because they all sinned. Sin was committed in the world before the law was given. But sin is not charged against anyone when there is no law against it. Yet death ruled over mankind from Adam to Moses, the lawgiver. Even over those <clears throat> who had not sinned as Adam did, Adam is a type of him, Christ, who was to come but in reverse. Adam brought destruction. Christ brought salvation. Amen. Verse 15. But the free gift of God is not like the trespass because the gift of grace overwhelms the fall of man. Amen. For, in, for if many died by one man's trespass, Adam's sin, much more abundantly did God's grace and the gift that comes by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to benefit the many. Nor is the gift of grace like that which came through the one who sinned. For on the one hand, the judgment following the sin resulted from one trespass and brought condemnation. But on the other hand, the free gift resulted from many trespasses and brought excuse me, and brought justification. The release from sin's penalty for those who believe. Verse 17. For if by the trespass of the one, Adam, death reigned through the one, Adam, much more surely will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in eternal life through the one Jesus Christ. So then, as through one trespass, Adam's sin, there resulted condemnation for all men. Even so, through one act of righteousness, there resulted justification of life to all men. For Listen, for just as through one man's disobedience, his failure to hear, his carelessness, the many were made sinners. So through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous and acceptable to God and brought, listen, this is the key 
and brought into right standing with him. But the law came to increase and expand the awareness of the trespass by defining and unmasking sin. But where sin increased, God's remarkable, gracious gift of grace, his unmerited favor has surpassed it and increased all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, so also grace would reign through righteousness, which brings eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Father, can't say it enough. Hallowed be thy holy righteous name. We we give you thanks, Father. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you that the shed blood of Jesus cleanses us and purifies us from all wickedness. Father, I ask for wisdom to teach today's lesson. May the Holy Spirit move on me, open up my mind so that I can hear and see what is it that you want your children to know today. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, listen. Chapter 5 of Romans tells us all about how we have been justified, declared righteous through Christ Jesus and what he has done for us at the cross. Because just like through Adam, every person born after Adam, we are now born with this fallen nature. We are all born in sin. Likewise, in Christ, we are reborn into righteousness. So where we have Adam and where we have the Lord Jesus Christ, Adam leads to destruction. Christ Jesus leads to eternal life. So, I'm studying, right? And I'm looking over Titus 2, verses 11 to 15. Again, that reads, For the remarkable, undeserved grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. And we know this to be the Lord Jesus Christ. Because whereas being born through Adam, there, there was no hope of salvation. There was no Savior. There was no one to save us and purify us from our sins. So, the prophets were pointing the way to Jesus. Because once the law was given, it did not wash away the guilt of sin. The people were 
reminded of their sins year after year when they had to go to the high priest so that the high priest can make atonement for their sins. But that was a, a temporary covering of sin. Whereas Christ Jesus, the last lamb to be slain, his final sacrifice completely washed away our sins. And so I'm reading, I'm reading in Titus. And you know how you can read the same scriptures over and over again, but each time it is different. And certain words will just jump out at you. Even though you know the definitions of these words, it, it depends on how the Holy Spirit is enlightening you in the moment of that scripture. So Titus 2, 11, 15 talks about for the remarkable undeserved grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to reject ungodliness and worldly and moral desires and to live sensible, upright, and godly lives. Lives with a purpose that reflect spiritual maturity in this present age, awaiting and confidently expecting the fulfillment of our blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 14, who willingly gave himself to be crucified on our behalf to, to do what? Redeem us and purchase our freedom from all wickedness and to purify for himself a chosen and very special people to be his own possession who are enthusiastic for doing what is good. Amen. Folks, and as usual, like I was saying, certain words at different times seem to jump out at me. And in this case, redeem and purchase. But more so, redeem. And so, I love word study. So, I looked up redeem. And you know how, you know the definition of redeem, right? But when you, when you marry it with what Jesus has done for us, how he redeemed us, it just takes on a whole different meaning and understanding. So I, w I went on this fact finding, right, definition of redeem because for me, how I study and if the Holy Spirit is highlighting a word, well, I go and look that word up to get his meaning, get the uh, um, all words that associate with this word, different ways of saying it, and just basically breaking it down, right? So if we come over here to redeem, right? Well, we know redeem 
just on his face means compensate for the faults or bad aspects of something. Similar words are save, compensate for the defects of rescue, justify, vindicate, uh, what we got here, qualifying, redemptive. Okay. Right off the rip, we see a tone of redemption relating to Christ, right? Because what did he do for us? Well, he justified us. Justify just by itself means show or prove to be right or reasonable. And if you put it in, in, in a sentence, it says, the person appointed has fully justified our confidence. So in Christ, where before we were guilty of sin, just guilty, right? Now having been justified, we have been pardoned. It's like our slate has been wiped clean. It is like as if we never sinned. Christ paid our sin debt. Because this word redeem is also used in finance. Okay. So we also see redeem having to do something that, that compensates for poor past performance or behavior. Doesn't that sound like someone doing something for us to compensate for the fact of our bad behavior, right? Our wrongdoings. We racked up a debt. We can't pay this debt, but why? Because we don't know how to man manage money. We, we, we take our money and we overspend, we overextend ourselves. So then we rack up a huge credit card debt. We ain't got the money to pay for this, right? For some reason, we must thought like the money was going to fall from the sky and get paid on its own. But then somebody steps in because of your mismanagement and compensate the credit card company companies for the money due to them and they pay it on your behalf. And then we have vindicate. Okay? Cuz we know to redeem means to compensate for a bad behavior and in this case sin we racked up and stacked up that huge sin debt against God there was no way with this fallen nature that we inherited from Adam could have satisfied God's demand for justice how 
could we have ever paid that sin debt because no matter what we could have done to rectify this situation, it still would not have been good enough. You want to know why? Well, a few things. Number one, a sinner is not searching for God. No. Mm-mm. Nope. Um, what else? Well, all of our good works apart from Christ, God, in his word, says those are filthy rags. So again, how are you going to pay this debt? You can't. That is why we needed Jesus. Now also, redeem talks about of a person, atone or make amends for evil or error. It says <clears throat> to make restitution for, make amends, atone for, save someone from sin, error, or evil. Doesn't this, doesn't this sound like what Jesus has done for us? Saving us. <clears throat> Making restitution on our behalf because we couldn't pay that sin debt. No way, no how, no, it, no possibility whatsoever. Right? So, it says um, to free, save, deliver, from sin, turn from sin, convert, purge, absolve of sin. And then it also means to, to gain or regain possession of something in exchange for payment. Retrieve, excuse me, retrieve, reclaim, recover, get back, have something returned, rescue, buy back, repurchase. And didn't we just read over there in Titus what it says that Christ did for us? Hold on, let me let us let us get back. Hold on. <laughs> Some of this juice. Listen. It says in verse 14 of Titus 2 talking about Jesus, right? Who willingly gave himself to be crucified on our behalf to redeem us and purchase our freedom. That is why he is our redeemer. Look at all what he has done for us. He has reclaimed us back from the kingdom of darkness as a ransom, he laid down his life to buy us back, to recover us, to rescue us, to repurchase, meaning to buy something back, to retrieve. Now, if we look at it in terms of finance, it means, now listen, to pay the necessary money to clear a debt. Pay off. 
payback, square, make good, honor, fulfill or carry out a pledge or promise by the freedom of, fulfill, execute, it says hold to, adhere to, abide by. Folks, I'm going over this word play study of the word redeem because you truly have to understand what happened to you when you came to, when God drew you to himself and brought you to Christ. You have to understand what spiritually happened to you. First of all, Jesus told us right because in in yesterday's study we read in the scripture that no man comes to christ but the father draws the person meaning it is god who puts that desire in you to even want to come to christ we don't come to christ on our own because we decide some pagan easter sunday morning when the apostate preacher gives the unbiblical altar call that we are we are going to come down the aisle and ask jesus to come into this dark wicked jeremiah 17 9 heart no Mm -mm. so when when we are in Christ, we have been fully redeemed. We have been brought back. Our sin debt has been taken care of. All of your past sins, not your past, present, and future sins. That's false teaching. Your past sin sins, that that debt has been paid in full. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because talking about the false doctrine of past, present, and future sins been rolled up into one big ball and nailed to the cross. No, think about it. If you had a credit card debt, is that debt made up? Okay, because let's say on, on the fifth of every month, you get a, a bill, right? It says what? Pass due. Not this bill also incorporates any charges you make today and those you make in the, in the future. No, it's talking about a past debt you owe. You owe $50,000 from last month. Okay, and if somebody comes and pay that off, they only going to pay the $50,000. Why? Because the person don't know how much you, you are going to rack up in the future. So they are not going to give MasterCard and Visa, Visa um, a blank open check and say, well, whatever this person does in the future, just just tack it on and it will be this 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 open payment plan no 
it's the past debt is is what gets paid, folks. Okay. So, having said all that, many people will admit that they commit sin and are therefore sinners. Right. However, most sinners are not aware of the biblical penalty for sin in the sight of God. Because today in society, many people do not clearly know what sin is according to the Bible. And that is where we have a huge problem from the door. Okay? And so, we are going to find out today how your sin debt has been paid in full and you are no longer guilty. We have been delivered from the penalty of sin. Meaning, why are you still in sin when you have been set free? Jesus has set us free. He has abolished the control and dominance that sin had over our whole lives, not to mention the fear of death, not to mention God's wrath is no longer hanging over our heads, coming at rapid speed toward us. You don't, you don't have to be in willful blatant sin. You, you do know that, right? By now, if you've been studying your Bible, you know Romans 6 tells us that sin is no longer your master. 1 John 3, 4 declares, because getting back to how people in society at large they do not clearly know what sin is according to the Bible, okay? Well, 1 John 3, 4 declares that sin is lawlessness. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. So, what is lawlessness? Well, it is ignoring God's law by action or neglect or by tolerating wrongdoing, being unrestrained by his commands and his will. Amen. So basically doing, doing as thy wilt, okay, just totally disregarding God's command in his word. Going against the word of God, doing you, okay? That's lawlessness. Because see, for you, you believe God's holy way of living and righteousness does not apply to you. Yeah, and so therefore, when the Bible tells us in First, First Corinthians 6, 9 through 10, how n no fornicator... No idolator, no adulterer, no covetous person, no no homosexual, no uh, thief, drunkard will inherit the kingdom of God. 
And you will say, what is wrong with sleeping around? Yes, I live with my fiance. I should be able to kick the tires before I buy the car, right? Uh-uh. So, sin is disobeying a scriptural law of God. For example, murder, lying, stealing are sins because these actions are are in violation of the Ten Commandments. God has pronounced that the penalty of sin is spiritual death and separation from him in a place of eternal judgment called the lake of fire. Folks, study, please. Revelation 20, 10 to 15. Romans 6, 23 tells us for the wages of sin is death. This is talking about what we just said, eternal separation from God. This is a spiritual death. Jesus calls this lake of fire the second death because Hebrews 9, 27 tells us, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. What judgment? The great white throne judgment. That if you, if you die in your sins, if you have not repented, and you have rejected Christ as Lord and Savior, well, you will stand before Jesus on judgment day. To be judged out of the books of your life, right? According to what you have done. Because let us not be mistaken. Everything we are doing here, good, bad, or whatever, is being written down. And Revelation 20, 15 tells us that, And whosoever name was not found written in the Lamb's book of life, you will be thrown into this fire, this, this lake of fire that burns with sulfur for all of eternity day and night revelation 14 says that the smoke of your torment you will be tormented in this lake that the smoke of your torment will rise day and night and there will be no relief amen and so Jesus clearly taught that sinners were condemned in sin and would perish and go to hell as they await final sentencing, the final judgment. This great white throne, okay? Of Revelation 20, if they didn't believe in him as their savior, we see this in John 3, 16 to 18. Jesus said that, he was sent into the world not to condemn sinners, but to save them. Again, redeem, buy back, repurchase. When Jesus came the first time, he didn't come to condemn the world as to initiate this final judgment yet, but to save the world, to pay your sin debt so that God's wrath will no longer be upon you. This is what he has done for us. And so we tend to make light of the cross when we don't know exactly 
what had happened and what transpired what transpired there was an exchange going on at the cross jesus took on our sin <clears throat> and we took on his righteousness he died a death that was for us but because of his love for us he laid down his life he he gave himself up for us john 3 16 to 18 it shows us how a sinner is saved from sin's penalty of con of condemnation it says for god so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave his son his one and only begotten son so that whoever believes and trusts in him as savior shall not perish but have eternal life for god did not send the son into the world to judge and condemn the world that is to initiate the final judgment of the world folks and we know that to be right revelation 20 15 um right but that the world <clears throat> might be saved through him whoever believes verse 18 and has decided to trust in him as personal savior and lord is not judged for this one there is no judgment no rejection no condemnation but the one who does not believe and has decided to reject him as personal savior and lord is judged already that one has been convicted and sentenced why because he has not believed and trusted in the name of the one and only begotten son of god the one who is truly unique the only one of his kind the one who alone can save him amen so paul called to be an apostle declared in ephesians 2 one through six that every sinner is spiritually dead in trespasses and sins they they are spiritually dead in trespasses and sins but god in his mercy and grace has provided a way to escape sins condemnation salvation or deliverance from sins penalty has been provided through christ let us take a look at ephesians 2 1 through 9 and you he made alive when you were spiritually dead and separated from him because of your transgressions and sins in which you once walked you were following the ways of this world influenced by this present age in accordance with the prince of the power of the air satan the spirit who is now at work in the disobedient 
And who are the disobedient folks? Well, these are they, the unbelieving, who fight against the purposes of God. Among these unbelievers, we all once live in the passions of our flesh, our behavior governed by the sinful self, indulging the desires of human nature without the Holy Spirit and the impulses of the sinful mind. Listen, we were by nature children under the sentence of God's wrath, just like the rest of mankind. But God, being so very rich in mercy, because of his great and wonderful love with which he loved us even when we were spiritually dead and separated from him because of our sins. He made us spiritually alive together with Christ. For by his grace, his undeserved favor and mercy, you have been saved from God's judgment. Amen. Glory be to God. Do you not understand what's going on, folks? Through Christ Jesus' sacrifice, we have been we have been saved from God's judgment. This is the core message of the gospel that you and I were wicked, wretched sinners on our way to a burning hell, but God in his love, he demonstrated it by sending us a savior to die in our place, to to satisfy his righteous demand that sin must be paid for, okay? Because the wages of sin is death. Well, Well, who's going to pay this debt? Christ Jesus, he paid it for us and thereby saving us, redeeming us from the wrath of holy God. It goes on to say in verse six, and he raised us up together with him when we believed and seated us with him in the heavenly places because we are in Christ Jesus. And he did this so that in the ages to come, he might clearly show the immeasurable and unsurpassed riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. How? By providing for our redemption. Amen. Listen, this is so wonderful. It's like, how can we contain this with within ourselves and not share this wonderful, awesome, good news with the rest of the world? We must tell the world about this event that happened 2,000 plus years ago. That how we were on our way to a burning hell. Whether or not, listen, stop it. Whether or not you believe in hell or heaven, that don't even matter at this point because it does exist. Whether or not you in your finite thinking 
believe that it doesn't, okay, you will find out soon enough if you don't repent. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This is some good news. The Lord had Paul write this down so that we can rejoice in it that Christ died and suffered on our behalf, being separated from the Father by death so that we can be brought near to him through what Christ did for us. That's some good news. Amen. And it will be to our eternal benefit that we say, yes, Lord. Amen. So, where are we at? Where are we at? Verse 8. Mm-hmm. For it is, by, it is by grace, God's remarkable compassion and favor, drawing you to Christ. See? It's God's grace that that draws us to Christ. You don't come on your own. You want to know why? Romans 3. I keep telling y'all, Romans 3, 11 says, No one understands. No one seeks for God. You are not coming to the Lord on your own accord. Not in that fallen, wicked, sinful nature that you and I inherited from Adam. It ain't happening, folks. Look, the Lord is telling us where we at. Right. For it is by grace, right, that you have been saved, actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life. Listen, we all should be jumping for joy each and every day behind this reality. Okay, we have been saved from this lake of fire. You got to understand how horrendous this place is. You don't want to go there. Listen, this lake of fire, it is going to make hell look like a vacation in the Bahamas. Okay, this is not a place you want to be. You want to know why? It tells us also that hell and death itself will be thrown into this lake. So hell is not the final destination. Okay? This judgment will take place one day soon. You do not want to be called out of your body suit. You do not want to be called out of your bodysuit before you have peace with God. Unexpectedly, people get up every day and go to work and don't make it back home. People minding their own business, just driving to work and die suddenly from a major heart attack. Just like that. People that have been healthy their whole lives, no, no medical history, what, a common cold every now and again, maybe a bellyache, but nothing that were, was on the radar that a heart attack is in your near future. People are dropping like flies every day, folks. This is so not a game. You must repent. 
You must be born again and come to Christ Jesus so that your sins can be washed away so that God's wrath and judgment will not be upon you. Don't be complacent. Don't be indifferent. Don't think that, well, religion is not for me. Religion is not for anyone. We're talking about having a relationship with God's son, who is the only one that can save you from this eternal condemnation. Wake up, people. Wake up. It goes on to say, let me see how much time we we rolling with today because i'll be thinking i'm just gonna jump on here real quick but like i said it's never me it is always the holy spirit so right let me read verse eight again so that it can really sink in for it is by grace god's remarkable compassion and favor drawing you to christ that you have been saved actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life through faith and this salvation is not of yourselves not through your own effort but it is the undeserved gracious gift of god not as a result of your works nor your attempts to keep the law so that no one will be able to boast or or take credit in any way for his salvation verse 10 for we are his workmanship his own master work a work of art created in christ jesus look reborn from above because right john 3 3 jesus told nicodemus you must be born again amen we all must be born again folks reborn from above spiritually transformed renewed ready to be used for good works which god prepared for us beforehand taking paths which he set amen so that we would walk in them living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us amen and that is why when the holy spirit brought to my attention isaiah 50 10 through 11 that that talks about how when we walk by the light of the torches that we have set ablaze for ourselves rather than look over here walking it says living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us beforehand taking paths which he set if you are not walking on the path that god has set for you and you on your own determine your own path what you're going to do how you're going to live not coming to christ even though you feel god drawing you but you say no quote unquote religion is not for me live and let live let people live how they they choose to live not everybody loves jesus like you do so 
basically leave folks alone. No, I will never, not as long as <clears throat> I got breath in this mortal body, I'm always going to be talking about repent. I'm always going to be talking about this wonderful good news that I must share with you. Okay? You don't have to die in your sins because if we walk by the past and the and and the light from the the purpose and the plans that we have come up with and not walk in these um how he say it um beforehand uh good works that God has already set up for us to do well he tells us in Isaiah 50 verses 10 through 11 that go go your way then but this is what you can expect from me you will lie down in the place of pain and where is this place of pain folks hell and then off to this lake of fire all right folks in closing let me just stick to my notes here this deliverance right is called the gospel in the new testament the word literally means the proclamation of good news the gospel is good news because it saves a sinner from sin's condemnation let's take a look at what paul said in first corinthians first corinthians 15 1 through 11 let me now remind you dear brothers and sisters of the good news i preach to you before you welcome it then and you still stand firm in it it is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message i told you unless of course you believed something that was never true in the first place i passed on to you what was most important and what has also been passed on to me christ died for your sins just as the scriptures said he was buried and and he was raised from the dead on the third day just as the scriptures say he was seen by peter and then by the 12 and after that he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time most of whom are still alive though some have died then he was seen by james and later by all the apostles last of all as though i had been born at the wrong time i also saw him for i am the least of all the apostles in fact i'm not i'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way i persecuted god's church verse 10 but whatever i am now it is all because god poured out his special favor on me and not without results amen for i have worked harder than any of the other apostles yet it was not i but god who was working through me by his grace so it makes no difference whether i preach or they preach for we all preach the same message you have already believed 
Amen. Yo, go, Paul. Now, now that's what I'm talking about, y'all. Listen, it is a blessed truth to know that you and I can be forgiven of our sins and go to heaven instead of going to a burning hell. The gospel proclaims, listen, because this is it in a nutshell. And then I'm going to let y'all go. The gospel proclaims that and right, Holy Spirit. And not only that, you too should be able to turn around and teach this gospel to others as well. Listen, don't, don't keep this to yourself. This is something that you can go and spread. Go on, just, just spread it. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just, just spread it. Okay. So listen, the gospel proclaims that Jesus paid, paid sin's penalty through his substitutionary death for sin. Christ Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, proving that God accepted his payment for sin. Jesus was punished for our sins so that we could be forgiven and avoid sin's punishment. This is the true concept of salvation. Salvation is a gift of grace. And it is received by believing the gospel. Because folks, as a sidebar, the Lord tells us what happens when we don't believe and obey this gospel. 2 Thessalonians 1, 8 through 9. Because see, on this podcast, the Holy Spirit wants me to highlight the consequence of not coming to Christ. The consequence of sin, the consequence of not obeying this gospel, the consequence of if you don't repent of your sins, this is not a feel-good, tickling ear podcast. Because if you if you thought that this is what it is, you may have stumbled on the wrong channel, okay? Because 2 Thessalonians 1, 8 through 9 tells us in flaming fire it's talking about when jesus returns okay he's coming with his angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not god and that obey not the gospel of our lord jesus christ who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the lord and from the glory of his power. Amen. So getting back over here to my note. The gospel, when believed, is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Amen. And we see that in Romans 1, 16. When a sinner personally believes the gospel, or what we just said, right, about how Jesus died in your place as a substitute because that punishment was for us and rightly so because Jesus was was sinless and and perfect. We are the ones who who trespassed God's laws just doing us, 
okay? And we racked up a huge sin debt we couldn't pay, but Christ paid it. And how did he pay it? By dying on the cross for you and me. So when a sinner becomes, no, when a sinner personally believes the gospel, he or she becomes justified as a completely righteous person before God. Amen. Romans 3, 20 to 28 tells us, For no person will be justified, free of guilt and declared righteous in his sight by trying to do the works of the law. For through the law, we became conscious of sin and the recognition of sin directs us toward repentance, but provides no remedy for sin. Amen. Now listen, we are about to talk about justification by faith, right? Verse 21 of Romans 3. But now, the righteousness of God has been clearly revealed independently and completely apart from the law, though it is actually confirmed by the law and the words and writings of the prophets. This righteousness of God, this righteousness of God comes through faith in Jesus Christ for all those including Jew and Gentile, who believe and trust in him and acknowledge him as God's son. Amen. Look, there is no distinction. Since all have sinned and continually fall short of the glory of God and are being justified, meaning declared free of the guilt of sin, made acceptable to God, and granted eternal life as a gift by his precious undeserved grace through here we go the redemption and what is redemption in this case well the payment for our sin christ paid paid it for us in full mind you okay so through the redemption, the payment for our sin, which is provided in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly before the eyes of the world as a life-giving sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation, propitiation, by his blood to be received through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness, which demands punishment for sin. Because in his forbearance, his deliberate restraint, he passed over the sins previously committed before Jesus' crucifixion. It was to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus and rely confidently on him as Savior. Amen. Verse 27. Look, 
then what becomes of our boasting? There is none, folks. We don't take the credit for none of this because let us not be mistaken. God didn't have to do anything. He could have just let us be born in sin with that fallen nature we inherited from, from Adam and we all would be in a burning hell. Or, right, just wipe the slate clean and start all over. But no. But no. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded, entirely ruled out, banished. Amen. On what principle? On the principle of good works? No. But on the principle of faith. For we maintain that an individual listen is justified by faith distinctly apart from works of the law, which is the observance of which has nothing to do with justification. That is being declared free of the guilt of sin and made acceptable to God. Amen. Folks, God gives a believer Christ's righteousness and takes away sins, penalty, and condemnation. And that is why this is the greatest news God has ever shared with the world. Can't say it enough. Christ paid the penalty of sin on the cross. One, and this is the super close, folks. One of the last things Jesus said on the cross was, it is finished, in John 19.30. So what was it that he finished? Well, the law of Moses demanded a sacrifice for the sins of the people, but the blood of animals could never do more than just cover sin temporarily. Animal sacrifice had to be offered continually. The Lord Jesus Christ came to fulfill that demand once and for all. His divine nature and sinless life meant that he had no sins of his own for which to atone. As Christ laid down his life voluntarily for our sins, he paid the full penalty for all sin, all past sins, folks, of all people. Amen. At the time of his death, the huge curtain in the temple, which se which separated the place of God's presence in the Holy of Holies, it was rent in two. It, it was torn in two from top to bottom because Christ had completed completed and fulfilled the law the wall of separation between God and mankind was removed through Christ we can come directly into the presence of God why because of Christ's sacrifice our sin need no longer separate us from God when Christ said it is finished, he was declaring the end of all sacrifice for sin and separation from God. Amen. 
everyone who puts their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ is forgiven for their sins and receives eternal life in heaven. When God the Father looks upon believers, he does not see their sin debt. Instead, he sees Christ's declaration from the cross paid in full. Paid in full. Jesus was declaring that the penalty for sin had been paid in full. He had fully satisfied the judgment of God. He was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Mm -hmm. The animal sacrifices of the law could only cover sin, but Christ has taken it away. No other sacrifice is needed. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you. It's like the word thank you does not even convey in this moment how grateful, how how truly grateful we are to you for what you have done for us. We broke covenant with you. We sinned against you. We racked up and stacked up that huge sin debt. We denied you. We rejected Christ when we heard the gospel. And yet, not even realizing that while we were sinners, Christ died on our behalf. He, he took our past sins, that, that charge of guilt, and nailed it to the cross. His body shed blood so that our wickedness, our sin, can be washed clean, taken away, completely taken away. No longer do we have a charge of condemnation hanging over us because of our filthy, wretched wickedness. Bless you, Father. Thank you that we have been redeemed. We have been brought back from darkness. Father, words absolutely fail me. I pray that the Holy Spirit sees the meditation of my heart and, and convey it to you with words that I cannot relay in this moment. I I am I am stumped at the reality of just how close I came, we've came to hell's fire to be eternally separated from you in this lake of fire by the skins of our teeth so how could we keep this good news to ourselves we cannot how how could we in all 
good consciousness, not tell others that you have made a way. You have made a way for us to be reconciled back to you through Jesus Christ and what he has done for the entire world. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Glory be to your name, Father. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, listen. Today was all about learning and understanding that we have been delivered from sin's penalty. Romans 6.23 tells us what that penalty is. Eternal death. Separation from God for all eternity as you are being tormented in this lake of fire. After being in hell. And then on judgment day when Christ Jesus will resurrect that body out of hell. And how did John say it over here? He said in verse 11 of Revelation 20, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead small and great stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works and the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever, verse 15, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Folks, this is so not a game. You must repent and come to Christ Jesus so that his precious blood that was shed on the cross for you can can wash all of your past sins away. And those of us in Christ, we don't trample over that blood. We don't make light of it. We, we don't practice lawlessness every day as if it is still a lifestyle because it is not. You have been born again, precious. So we put away all sin and if you don't know what sin is and i don't know how you 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 don't know because you know study the word of god so that we are not deceived like paul says in first corinthians 6 9 do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of god do not be deceived amen Amen. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Bad company corrupts good morals. Come to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. Amen. Amen. And Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now.
guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye. Thank you.